0: This is the Unstoppable Authors Podcast with world building
1: warrior Angeline Trevena, planning and productivity powerhouse Holly Line, and formatting fireball Julia Scott. Every week we bring you
2: discussions on the craft of writing, author life and business, and interviews
1: with some of the industry's most unstoppable authors. A writer's life doesn't have to be solitary. We're here to bust that myth, support you on your journey, and encourage you to be unstoppable.
0: Welcome to episode 121 of the Unstoppable Authors podcast and today we are discussing the way each of us takes a project from idea through to publication.
1: Before we get started on the main topic let's do our personal updates. So um, I'm working away at my next Felix Jones book um i've had more zero days than i would have liked but progress is still happening um i am behind my target but i'm holding that so loosely this month so i'm not worried it's fine if i catch up great but if i don't doesn't matter i've still written something which is an improvement on the last six months so um but yeah, last weekend, uh, was, I was very excited to learn that two of my writer friends who I'd never met before were at an event in my hometown, which is just a short drive from where we're staying. So me and hubby and our eldest dashed over there for an impromptu meetup. And it was absolutely lovely to meet new people. Um, one of whom was John Crinnan, who uh, people may remember as one of my co-hosts on the Great Writers Share podcast. So uh, shout out to John and Emma. Thanks for meeting up with us. Oh, I do love a good author meetup. <laughs> it's always fun. Um, as
2: for me, I've made a huge step towards getting my final book of the Mirror Souls trilogy out into the world. I have booked my editor, which is Woo! terrifying. Um, But it it means I have a more solid deadline to work towards. I think I work better with deadlines. Um, I'm hoping it'll light a fire under my ass to get this book completed, (laughs) but fingers crossed. So, yeah, I've got back to planning the finale to make sure I know where it's going. But eventually I'm just going to have to throw myself into getting new words onto the screen and make sure I don't get stuck in a planning loop, um, a plotting loop, which happens quite often with me, actually. (laughs) So I just need to throw myself into writing and get it done. But going forward with my other books in the future, I think I'll have to set more solid deadlines to get me to push forward. I quite easily just kind of float around thinking, yeah, I'll get it done. or yeah, I'll write later. But it never happens. (laughs) Um, I don't know if anyone else works well under pressure, but I definitely do. Um, So, yeah, I'm glad I've got my editor booked in. That's really going to help me. But aside from that, I've been taking some time to plan for 2022 which sounds a long time away. Like, isn't it? it really 2020? does. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's not. <laughs> yeah, business-wise, uh-huh. um, in 2022, I'm trying to decide where my focus should be, but I'll save that for another time. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So my big taking it easy promise
0: to myself is not going particularly well Of course, it is honestly absolutely no surprise to me that I couldn't rest up for very long at all. I did have a few weeks where I allowed myself to slack off a bit, but I can only manage to do that for so long. I'm working hard on the second edition of 30 Days of Worldbuilding, and that's going really well, and I am really, really proud of it. I'm just agonizing over decisions regarding its release, so I think I'll be reaching out to some people for some advice about that because we are always learning and our peers are such an amazing source of experience. Mm -hmm. I've also started writing my next middle grade book for my pen name. I'm writing my dark fantasy season opener. And then I had a random scene pop into my head like they do when you just don't need them. So I wrote it down to stop it from bugging me. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure what it's going to become, if indeed it becomes anything. So I'm just going to kind of leave it alone for now and let it brew into whatever it wants to be, because I already have so much other stuff to focus on right now.
2: <laughs> True, and I think if ideas are worth doing, they'll they'll stick around. Yeah, and it will come back to you. <laughs> So we'll move on to the question of the week. Last week, we asked, have you found social media to be a help or a hindrance and how?
1: We had some great responses to this and we can't read them all. So we'll just um, take a selection. On Instagram, Tripp said both, but the help significantly outweighs the hindrance. And Amy said, helpful for the connections I've made, but it can be a hindrance because of the time required to post consistently. And that's quite a common theme in the responses overall. Nicole said mm. she finds you know, social media to be stressful and time consuming. Yes, don't we all? But at the same time, mm. it's <laughs> where she connects with authors. Then she said, now to find my readers, which I think a lot of authors on Instagram struggle with, myself included. Uh, Priyanka says, yep. social media is helpful for finding writer friends, workshops, and learning a lot through each other, but definitely a hindrance when I mindlessly scroll for too long. And that's Yeah, that's definitely an issue with social media and with following so many people. There's this constant stream of information. Uh, Destiny said, it's a help because social media is used widely by the global population. So if you want to have their attention on your project, you have to be in their faces and on their screens. But it is a hindrance because it can be a rabbit hole of numbers, likes, follows and more. Your mental health can be affected too if you do it too much but your business will be affected if it's not enough. So I think it can be overwhelming at times. And I agree with that, but I, I do think question the premise about how much it would actually affect your business because there are other options. Um. see, so Jen said, for me, when it becomes not fun, that's when I know I'm not using it right anymore. And I think we'd probably all agree with that one. <laughs>
0: yeah. so over on Facebook Mary says up a lot of time but if I use it to interact with fans or other authors I find it brilliant and helpful if I tried to sell stuff on it it's a bit shit to be honest (laughs) (laughs) and yeah again I think that's a very very common sort of response it's it is so easy to um connect with other writers on social media much harder to sell books um and Steve said it could be a hindrance to writing but I use a piece of software to block every potentially distracting website while working which is something I really should do
2: that's what (laughs) I have to do I can't otherwise just yeah turn the internet off (laughs) (laughs) yeah so thank you
0: everyone for all those answers yeah unfortunately we couldn't read them all out because we had loads
1: it's a hot topic (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so this week we want to know which parts of the publishing process are your most and least favorite and why so we've got no new
0: patrons this week but a huge thank you to all of our current patrons we really do appreciate the support patrons get early access to episodes exclusive behind the scenes access to our off-air banter as well as the warm, fuzzy feeling of supporting the podcast. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so for just £3 a month at
1: patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. It would be really great if you could take a moment to share this episode on social media, grab a screenshot, share it directly from your podcast platform, or even take a selfie with it. Just remember to tag us so that we can share it too. It means so much to hear from our listeners and to know that you enjoy the show. So let's move on to our main topic and this week we're going
0: to look at how each of us take projects from that first initial idea right through to publishing the book because there is absolutely no right or wrong way to do this. Everyone's process is completely different and we wanted to show you that but also it will give you some idea of all the different steps involved if you're feeling a little lost in the process yourself so let's start with that initial idea when you first get that (laughs) gem of a genius idea because it always is isn't it um (laughs) holly how do you how do your ideas come to you and what do you do with them
1: Okay, so my ideas come from all sorts of places, so this isn't a consistent part of my process. Um, like you were saying, Angeline, about a random scene popping into your head, I had a very vivid dream mm. the night before last that I was like, that's a story, it's a complete story, it's all there. So I kind of told it to myself a few times to kind of get it to stick. It's not in my genre though, so I don't know what to do with it now. Um, but yeah, I think I've probably done things differently with every book. Um, but I will do my best to try and spot patterns and cobble together something coherent for you. Um, I'll more or less ignore my first book because I think for most writers, they tend to kind of be anomalies. They have a life of their own. And it's it's only later that we tend to form patterns and processes for this. So more recently, I've taken that initial idea and I either write it down somewhere or run it around in my head a few times like the stream. Um, I usually need some time with an idea before I start working on it. Uh, I'm a number four intellection, Clifton strengths again. Sorry, um, and this is just how my brain works. So I have to, I have to percolate. Um, how much time that is has varied from just a few days to several months, depending on whether it's a new series or a sequel or a standalone, whether it's a novel or something shorter. But I do have two projects now that I've initiated and stopped and let sit percolating in my brain for at least a year. So um, sometimes it's a long time before it comes together. But there have been other factors with that length of time as well, with the 2020, 2021, you know. Um, I have tried outlining. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> I have tried outlining and most of my first series was to some extent outlined, but... More recently, I have embraced my discovery writer nature, so I don't write a full outline. I will usually just do some notes on the world. I'll do some world building, develop the main character, work out what the sources of conflict might be. Sometimes I think about the theme, but usually I can't put my finger on that until I'm about halfway through drafting. But I do have a couple of books that were written with absolutely no pre-planning whatsoever. And they're actually my, I was going to say best, maybe favorite might be the more accurate, word. they're my favourite books. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, sometimes I just have to jump in blindfolded and see what happens on the page.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously we all know that I'm also a discovery writer, and um, my initial ideas come quite similarly, that they fly in at any time from anywhere. They're completely unpredictable, and yeah, just like you, Holly, I need to I need to let them percolate. Um, a lot of writers talk about plot bunnies where they get one idea and then they multiply like bunnies. Um, but I don't get plot bunnies. I refer to mine as story worms because I get this little niggle right in the back of my brain of an idea and I can feel it there. And I know that if I grab hold of it and try and pull it out, it will wriggle away and maybe be lost forever. So I have to be really, really patient and I have to sort of like charm it out over time. Um, yeah, so I pretty much all my percolating is done in my head. There's not a lot that gets written down. Sometimes I'll write down a genius piece of um, like dialogue. Sometimes I'll, I'll get conversations happen. It might be like four lines of dialogue and I'll write that down so I don't lose it um I might write little snippets of world building but generally most of it I just hold it in my head which is probably a little bit crazy seeing as this always happens while I'm working on another project at the same time um so I I tend to only write one project at the same time even though right now I'm actually kind of writing four mm-hmm. <laughs> I usually only write one at a time, but I've always got one that's percolating in the back of my brain at the same time. uh I should do more writing down of things, but I don't and i I don't know why i just i just don't I just hold it all in my head
1: if it works like a crazy you, person <laughs> if it works for you, then there is it's you know try and avoid the should word should
0: it's not helpful i know i know it's it's a word that we should never use (laughs) uh yeah there is no there is no should and we should never we should certainly never give in to should and i've used the word should ridiculous amount of times now (laughs) if i was editing i'd be screaming at myself um yeah so that's that's pretty much me so we're we're quite similar which may be down to us both
2: being discovery writers so what about you julia well before i go into that i want to ask you both a couple of questions if i'm allowed Mm -hmm. why like you've probably covered this in other podcast episodes but what is it about the word panzer or panster i I hear both (laughs) um obviously plotters and panzers you (laughs) you very strongly avoid that word on social media <laughs> I've seen Holly like specifically say you know discovery writer yeah what, what is it that makes you feel like I think, that's the better term and, and I think what, we what, both feel quite strongly about this don't yeah. we
0: <laughs> I I hate I hate the word pantser because um Well, it comes from an American phrase and pants in the UK means something totally different. So in the UK, if you say something is pants, you're saying it's rubbish. And of course, in the UK, pants aren't trousers, it's underwear. So if you're writing from the seat of your pants, then you're actually sitting in your chair in just your underwear. Which (laughs) Plenty of um, people do that, I'm sure. I'm sure plenty of people (laughs) do and I'm not judging, but I don't. I have two small children living with me. I don't, I don't really don't sit around in my underwear. Plus I have to run and answer the door to a million parcels every day. Um, the, so that's one of the reasons I don't like pants, is because in the UK pants means something different. <laughs> yeah. So that's one of the reasons. The other reason is when people know that you're a pantser, the, the term is kind of, um, is is it's pejorative. it has like some ugly yeah, yeah it does it has some ugly connotations. People use it as like a term for a lazy writer or a stupid writer. People often assume that people who don't plot don't plot because they either don't know how to or they can't be bothered to, um and that they're worse writers because of it, which is absolute nonsense. In fact, we've done a whole episode on this, haven't we, Holly? <laughs> yeah. So, discovery writer it sounds more like it's a specific strategy which mm-hmm. to us it is this is something we've tried lots of different ways and this is the strategy that works for us so we use this specific strategy and it sounds more like a deliberate choice I am a discovery writer than oops I'm a pantser I forgot to plot again <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: and I think so e- even why. if you're all even if you're a discovery writer, you do still do a lot of world building and and you do you do plot in in a loose way, I suppose, don't you? You don't just kind of go in completely blind. Most Sometimes of the time, right? I do. Sometimes okay, <laughs> that's that's yeah. I, think I have people would, people would feel that's very brave. Like it,
0: yeah, it, it does really vary, but I have started books with nothing more than my main character's first name.
1: Yeah. That's, so challenging (laughs) it's just fun (laughs) it's different people's brains work in different ways and not to go off on too much of a tangent but um some people are very um have a very kind of top down view so they and they have to see everything laid out first and that's how they understand the story but some people have to move through the story some people are down in like in the weeds of it and it's just there's no right or wrong. It's just different brain types. We're the, we're the ones crawling around in the mud. Yeah, <laughs> but the other thing for me about Panzer is that it's actually what we would call a bully who gives people wedges. So, I I don't really. I've, I've never with heard. With I've never heard that. Is that no. is that your
2: Must you be know? a, a <laughs> thing. <laughs> so yeah, I
1: and my know. other
2: question was going to be how do you um record all of your ideas do you store them do you have notebooks do you apart from obviously Angelina said in her head but like do you have notebooks do you have do you do it digitally do you are your notebooks really organized or are they really disjointed I'm just interested
1: yes what's what's that word organized
2: (laughs) (laughs)
0: yes
1: I have notebooks.
0: I, I do I do have yeah I I have idea places um but it's really disorganized. I use Evernote a lot for tiny little snippets that I have no idea where they belong. Um, if I'm definitely building a specific world, I have my world building notebook for that particular world and any random ideas that I don't know where they belong go in the back in my ideas dump, as I call it. Um, I have notes on bits, bits of paper that are possibly floating around my desk somewhere (laughs) maybe
2: (laughs) (laughs) but holly's got everything
1: i bet holly's dead (laughs) organized it's probably not as organized as you think i have i have a notebook which has been knocking around for about probably about four years not quite four years and it's got all sorts in there um and it's it's sort of a bullet journal I, i don't strictly use it as a bullet journal but it's um, I have an index, every page is numbered, so I keep tracking the index of what's on each page. So it's got like, you know, notes from webinars and courses and stuff like that in, but it's also where I put story ideas. So, and for a long time, I had another notebook, just like a really small one, um, right next to my bed to write down dreams when I woke up, but I tend not to do that anymore. I tend to just run the dream back through my head a few times and that makes it stick. So...
2: Oh. well talking of dreams that's where most of my ideas come from actually or daydreaming even but then isn't that where most ideas come from um I always say that the mirror Soul started off as a dream because it did um and I wrote it all down and it just kind of you know when plots just kind of form without you really thinking about them oh then this happens this happens and you're not sitting there thinking oh what could happen next or oh, what could happen to them then it just kind of forms and you're like whoa how did that happen um and I sent a message to my friend saying oh I've just come up with this um idea for a book like I've this was at this point I'd never wanted to be a writer I'd never even considered writing a book um and she was like yeah yeah you should write it I'm like all right I'll do that for some <laughs> reason <laughs> um but I guess because I've not been doing it Long, I I still I'm still figuring out my processes and figuring out what works for me. And I've said this before on the podcast. It takes time to figure out what works for you, especially when you're getting hit from all sides on social media and other places telling you how you should be doing it. Mm -hmm. Um I've I've spent many wasted hours trying to do something the way that doesn't work for me because I felt like it's how I should be doing it. Um So yeah, Um, but yeah, other initial ideas come from just, like I saw a post on social media about dreams and then I came up with this, well, I just thought to myself, what if, and I love that, loads of books, ideas come from what ifs. Mm. I thought, what if other people could watch your dreams as like uh, like entertainment? Mm. And so my next book is gonna be about that, which is the first time I've talked about it actually.
0: it's a scoop it's a yeah. scoop ladies and gentlemen <laughs> well, I've, t-
2: <laughs> I've tried to fully plot books but they always change like I get halfway through and I'm like oh this is gonna happen oh this character's doing this instead so I don't know I'm I'm somewhere in the middle with plotting mm. and mm. discovering
0: yeah. it, I like how you say like those times where the plot just comes together and you don't even know where it came from or how it happened mm. that that happens to me exactly like that but it's when I'm about 80 percent of the way through writing <laughs> the first draft yeah. <laughs> because I have no idea what's happening in the end and I get to about 75 80 percent through and then suddenly it's like the, the jigsaw creates itself <laughs> oh that's goes, great though
2: and at least You know, you'd want that to happen. You wouldn't want to get to that point and think, I still don't know how this is going to work. Sometimes (laughs) it happens
0: after like two weeks of
2: crying. Oh, dear. (laughs) Crying and cake. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, It's good stuff. Right. So let's move on to the first draft
2: where the magic happens. It's not magic. I hate it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's my favourite bit.
2: Too. <laughs> Just give me a completed book that I can prettify and put on a page. Thank you very much. I'm done.
1: <laughs> yeah. Mm. So I tend to draft pretty hard and fast most of the time. Uh, this year being the big exception because of my burnout. But normally I thrive on tight deadlines and events like NanoRimo. And when I'm really into what I'm writing, I can finish the first draft in well under two months, usually about six weeks. And uh, contrary to popular myths about discovery writers, one of these drafts will not be a hideous structural mess that requires a year of edits and lots of help from a good developmental editor. Uh, My first drafts are usually pretty clean and well-structured because of all the thinking time that I spend on them and a lifetime of internalizing story structure. So it's pretty instinctive for me. Um, I write linearly and the story unfolds for me the same way that it would to a reader. Um, I do having said about like the endings, though, I do usually need to stop at around 60 to 65% and figure out how it's going to end. That's kind of the one bit of plotting that I will do. Um, I've done that probably with about three quarters of my books. So, um, but yeah, the one and only time (laughs) that I've drafted in a non-linear way, I have talked about this before. Um, I ended up with a horrible patchwork that I can't bear to go back and revise. It's just, it might not be as bad as I think it is, but I'm just like, that was a mess. It It probably isn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I might just hire a dev editor to help me get that one through to completion. Um, And, I know I said I I write pretty quickly most of the time if it's going slowly it's usually because I need to let myself think more about the main character or sometimes the supporting characters because my plots are very character driven so I need to know those people intimately in order to tell their stories so I know that if I'm struggling to get the words it's probably because there's something I haven't figured out yet about the character and I'm just figuring this out about myself now um it is largely to do with Strengths, I'm afraid, Um, and figuring out how my brain works. And it's, (laughs) yeah, so that's something I'm working on now.
0: But I love that. I love that you're still learning and you're still developing your process because that is such an important point that we do continue to develop our processes. And yeah, once again, I am so, so similar to you, Holly. Um, I, I write. Drafts, yeah, about six to eight weeks it takes me to write a draft, and um, I I I like to think that they aren't hideous messes. My last one certainly was, but <laughs> generally, yeah, they're pretty clean. I got cue all the gasps from everyone listening, but I edit as I write my first draft. So really, my first draft is like a first and second draft mm-hmm. all in one, um, because well. yes, I I edit. Um, sometimes it will be that I, chapter the last chapter that I wrote and edit it before I start writing again. If I realize I need to go back and foreshadow something, I will go and do that. If I need to go back and totally change a scene, I will do that. Um, I also write in a totally linear way. I cannot write scenes out of order because I have no idea what's gonna happen um I just can't and I see a lot of advice again it comes back to this I see a lot of advice of like to so that you don't slow down when you're writing if there's something that you don't know like a bit of research you need to look up or a character who doesn't have a name yet just put in a load of x's and come back to it later no, no I can't no, do that no no that no. stops me that mm. doesn't stopping to look up a character find a character name or do a bit of research or write the goddamn horrible scene that you don't want to have to write because it's so blooming difficult if I don't do that at that time that stops me looking it up doesn't slow me down at all I did it once ever that I came to my second draft and in big letters in my uh, manuscript it said insert big fight scene here oh, and I have no. never yeah uh, like action is my worst it's the, the hardest thing to write for me I've never hated myself so much in all my life <laughs> and I swore to myself that I would never do that to myself ever again editing me despised first draft me
2: at that yeah, moment that must have so been no.
0: painful yeah oh it was horrible and I see that advice online like if there's difficult scenes, just leave them till later. I'm like, but then you end up with nothing left to do on a story, but write all the bits you don't want to write. Yeah. It's like, I'd never finish a story. I would never, ever finish it. So that's why I have to write absolute linear. Um, because yeah, I, and I, I completely empathize with you, Holly, that you are, you just can't bring yourself to go back to that manuscript that you wrote out of order because I know that I would be exactly the same I Mm. would be exactly the same yeah so yeah so once again we are very similar
1: yeah whenever I have opened the Scrivener project and I have all the like the chapters have a descriptive name they're not just chapter one chapter two because I wrote them out of order I didn't know what what chapters they would be so they're you know, it's a really brief explanation of what happens in the scene. And I look down that list and just go, what the hell? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, Julia. Yeah, how I,
0: am, you? I, I do, I really, I do empathise.
2: <laughs> I think I'm very similar to you both um, in that I'm a zone writer, so I just need to get in that zone and stay in it. And I think I've found that really difficult with, being a mum because Mm. having the kids around they tend to pull you out of that zone or the fact that you've got to get another load of laundry in the washing machine pulls you out of that zone you know things like that and um yeah I just need to obsess over a story and have the characters constantly living in my head screaming at me um to be able to get through it uh yeah I think this this first draft I mean I say I hate first drafts I only hate them when I get stuck and I'm stuck now. In this draft and like you're talking about you know writing in uh, linearly I I can't jump forward I can't skip this bit that I'm stuck on jump forward and write the rest and come back to it I just can't do it um so I think the thing I need for first drafts is a deadline but there needs to be um There needs to be a big enough why for me to follow through with that deadline, because obviously when you're an indie author, you can give yourself all sorts of deadlines, but you can also break all sorts of deadlines because there's no consequence for that, Um, apart from the fact that your readers are going to get the book a little bit later, you know. Um, So I had exactly the same issue with book two in the trilogy, and then it was Holly's goal setting workshop where she got us to set some goals, and I set the goal of finishing the first draft by a certain time. And because I'd said this in front of a whole group of other people and i told Holly this is what I'm gonna do, I was like, well, I can't not do that. <laughs> um and so I did. And then with this book, obviously it's like I said in my personal update, it's the fact that I've booked my editor yeah. um for middle of January, and I have to have the first draft plus the self-edits done by then. So I think a deadline can really help, but also having a why for that deadline, like a like a really solid reason to get you there otherwise it's too easy just to not (laughs) it's like a pre-order
0: let's let's not speak of that again
2: (laughs) (laughs) do you
0: know I almost did it again with my (sighs) um second edition of 30 days I was like maybe I'll just bung it up on pre-order and then I was like no 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 don't do this they'll finish it first I keep I always tell myself that I work well under pressure and that deadlines really help me and but it's not true at all it's just that I'm really really disorganized and I procrastinate a lot and leave things right to the last minute and and then cry and scream my way through it I'm like a toddler having a tantrum through it But. Yeah,
2: no, I hate deadlines. (laughs) I just hate first drafts. I don't know what it is. Like, everyone says how magical they are. Like, getting getting the first idea of the story out onto paper Mm. or screen. I I
0: know lots of writers who hate first drafts. Yeah.
2: I just wish it could just appear on the screen (laughs) and I could edit it and make it wonderful. (laughs) It would be great
0: if there was a programme that could, like, extract your thoughts Oh, you and never put know. it into a coherent novel.
2: Oh, well, I might write a book about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like a good Don't story, write like. a book about it. Invent it, please. <laughs> yeah. Put me, put me on the first on the list to buy that. Ask Elon Especially, Musk. He's he's
2: going into all of that yeah.
0: stuff, isn't he? Especially if it can happen while we're asleep.
2: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Like Time saver.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. So moving, moving away from first drafts we're now moving into my my nightmare (laughs) (laughs) my my least favorite part um subsequent drafts
2: and can i call it dreaded edits (laughs) i like editing. i prefer editing to to (laughs) the writing from a blank page Mm. yeah holly holly back back me up here
0: tell us tell us about your drafts and edits
1: I, I like the editing stage as well. I'm sorry, <laughs> I like all of it. Um, although it just actually it depends on the project. Like there are some like like this non-linearly written one I'm just like you no. Um, so yeah, basically my process is that I will read through the first draft. Ideally, I'd always read a printout, but I'm conscious of waste, so I tend not to print whole novels. Um, and I just made doing reading on my PC I did the last last book I did um, my other half printed it out at his work and printed it double-sided to save paper and it was just so nice it was so nice being able to edit on paper but yeah um I when I'm drafting I, I didn't mention this before but I will keep notes um of things that I know I want to change want to fix like um, some I do some edits as I go like you, Angeline, but some things like and if i'm in the zone, I just want to keep going so i'll just write a real quick note. So i'll go through that list and I usually start with the biggest items on it before tackling the other things in order as they appear in the manuscript. And then, when I get to the end of the list, I will work my way through the draft from start to finish picking up any other changes that I want to make. And I very rarely need to make big structural changes and thinking about it, I'm pretty sure the only book I've ever had to make big changes to the structure of was my very first one, which is understandable. Um, but yeah, most of what I do in edits is just tinker with words, just add detail and tighten dialogue, check for consistency, all of that kind of thing. And it's usually pretty quick, it takes less than a month. Um, I've done it in like three, four days before. If I'm like really focused and really into it Um, and then it goes to my editor and she does a sort of combined line and copy edit she suggests ways to tighten prose and correct any grammar and punctuation mistakes and then sends it back to me and i'll give it a final look and incorporate her suggestions where I agree with her, which is about 90% of the time because she's good and then it goes to my proofreader and review team at the same time, because I'm usually in a rush at this point And <laughs> like, it's only two weeks to launch the book, I better send it to the review team. So um, yeah, that's my process.
0: Yeah, my, my poor review team get the book later and later and later, I think every time. Um, yeah, I mean, I do, I do sometimes write just a quick note of something that I want to go back and change and edit later rather than doing it in the moment. Exactly the same. If I'm in the writing zone and yeah. my fingers are going fast, I'm not going to wreck that. I do that but, uh, Yeah, I'll just grab a bit of paper or an index card and note it down. And um, yeah, just as I write linear from beginning to end, I edit linear from beginning to end. Um, I totally understand people who say, like, read it backwards um, but I don't understand how to do that because you lose a lot of the context and sometimes the edits to you make depend on the context. Um, I My one rule is I edit out loud so I read my whole book out loud so I usually end up losing my voice when I'm doing um, my first big edit run um, but Reading out loud forces you to slow down, and you don't skip over words so much, and you can notice things like uh, clunky word order and word repetition. Mm. I do a lot of word repetition. Um, I again, I know that some people get a screen reader to read it to them at that point, which does exactly the same. Um, but I. I I acted out. <laughs> I'm, I'm there. Oh, I'm pretty crazy. If anyone had a video camera and recorded me doing my edits, I'm there. My arms are flinging around. I'm doing all the facial expressions. It's it's terrible, um, <laughs> and I quite enjoy doing that. I do my dialogue in particular. I read it all out loud. I even do that a lot when I'm writing, um, and that usually my the first big edit run takes probably two weeks, maybe three weeks with a lot of cleaning the house in between. Mm. Um, My house is never cleaner than when I'm avoiding editing. Um, Then after that, I now, my process has changed quite a bit recently. Now what I do then is I whack it through pro writing aid, which picks up all sorts of things um and then when I've done that it will go to my editor um he does track changes in the document which makes it really really messy and I work through again I do it linear I just I can't do anything out of order I just can't so I work through his comments um making changes as I go it's all in track changes it is a mess it is a nightmare so once I've extracted it out of track changes I run it through pro writing aid again because there's there's always things like um this dialogue d- didn't have the closing speech tags and things like that because it of the how it looks in track changes I miss things like that a lot so it goes through pro writing aid again then it goes to my launch team who used to be my beta readers so they still beta read it for me and they catch any typos um or where i've accidentally changed the name of a character things like that they always pick up typos for me which i generally by then i have time to change it in the paperback version the ebook is normally up on uh, pre-order, so sometimes it's locked down, and I'll just have to wait till after release to make those final little typo changes. Um, but yeah, Pro Writing aid is pretty awesome and picks up a heck of a lot of errors. So that's my awful editing. <laughs> I hate every minute of it.
2: Process. <laughs> Before I forget. Because I might forget. But as a formatter, make sure you accept all of your track changes before you try and format it. Just trust me. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I've seen people who haven't and it causes problems. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I i mean, my process is very similar, obviously, um, but I enjoy it more than Angeline does for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> but I tend to do a full read through. Um, where ultimately I'll I'll change plenty and move words around and um I'm quite an underwriter so I add quite a lot of stuff in the second read through after my first draft um mostly um mostly boosting the dialogue just making the dialogue more natural adding world building stuff and adding uh just building the scene like knowing where people are in the scene and what they're doing and the way they're moving and their facial expressions and stuff sometimes I leave a lot out of that in first drafts just because I'm distracted by trying to get the story down um then I will go through pro writing aid I put it through pro writing aid then um and that helps me kind of yeah solidify everything a bit better and then I send it to my editor um who basically does a joint uh developmental edit and copy edit all at once um and that so they'll go through that and we do it on google docs which is actually really helpful because um i don't put it all in one document because it's too many words and too many comments so it can crash so i split my book into um like 10 chapter sections um in one document so i'll i'll give them the first 10 chapters say um so while they're working on on that i can be working on the pro writing aid stuff for the next 10 chapters and we kind of work that way and it works for us <laughs> it makes it uh, it makes it quicker so by the time i've got to the end of all of my edits with pro writing aid and checking it all through they'll have finished the first document and i can go back and start working on going through their edits and suggestions and stuff so yeah that works well for us and yeah, and then I go through the edits, make it all work, and then I send it to a proofreader. And I always, <laughs> I didn't get my first book proofread, and oh my god, I wish I had. Um, but then I rushed my first book entirely, completely rushed it. So I will always, always use a professional proofreader. Don't care how much it costs. Please proofread my damn book because I hate typos. <laughs> I can't bear getting things not perfect. Um, so but I'll always make sure the proofreader is different from the editor that I use because I think fresh eyes are really important
1: yep
0: yeah definitely I yeah right I'm a total underwriter as well and when I do my edit the things I always add in at that point is physical description of like places and people because that's something I hugely underwrite Weather because I never write weather in my first draft at all. I don't know why there is no weather in my first draft um, unless it's pertinent to the plot. And the other thing is I use my wonderful emotion thesaurus and add in loads and loads of emotional showing, but yeah. Yeah. I'm an underwriter as well. I always end up with a, like second I, third draft lot I'm longer. glad
2: I'm glad I'm an underwriter I, I, I am too <laughs> I would struggle being an overwriter and having to cut loads of words and cut mm. things cut and it just feels like a massive waste of time <laughs> sorry to any overwriters <laughs> out there I'm really sorry that sounds really harsh but I I would be so annoyed that I'd wasted all this time writing words that were now unnecessary so yeah
0: no no I I agree I'm I'm glad for my underwriting tendencies (laughs) Mm.
1: (laughs) the one thing where um and I was just gonna say it's um one thing where being an overwriter can be a boon is if you have like a whole scene or something that needs to come out you can use it as um bonus material for mailing list or a reader magnet or a patreon or something like that and it's effortless this is
2: why I have no um this is why I have no extra material for a reader magnet or anything. <laughs> Whoops.
0: Yeah, no no one will ever see the things that I take out of my manuscript. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not for human eyes, my goodness. <laughs> um, okay, so, and the last section we're moving on to now is just like those final polishes and publication hitting publish
1: yay (laughs) so how does yours go holly this is the bit i hate so um yeah so when i (laughs) when i get the manuscript back um or get feedback back from review team and what have you i'll make any corrections caught by those first readers and do a final format or sometimes after it's already gone to my formatter julia sorry um (laughs) And uh, yeah, I. (laughs) and if I don't format it myself, Julia does it for me, yay. Um, So yeah, once I have the print version ready, I can give the spine width to my cover designer. I will usually get the cover done towards the end of the first draft. So it just needs the print wraparound adding at this stage. And this bit is so exciting, but so nerve wracking and stressful. And for my last six launches, I've had an assistant to help with this bit um, because it is just so much to juggle. There are promotions to set up and reviews to chase, promotional graphics to produce, although tools like BookBrush and Canva have made that pretty easy. Um, not to mention all of the technical stuff, uploading the files and setting all the pricing and the keywords and And there are always problems every single time and I've gone through this over a dozen times now and something always needs fixing. And Julia and I have had some tense moments with interior files not being accepted like two days before the deadline. And, um, yep. I will yeah. remember it well. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's important to allow plenty of time. And this is, I'm speaking to myself here, future Holly, allow plenty of time and try not to get too frustrated. <laughs> Just uh, expect some speed bumps along the way and lean on friends in the writing community for support and your wonderful kind formatter. Um, And yeah, because I'm a print reader, I tend to be pretty print first in my outlook and I like to launch both formats at the same time, so um, pre-orders can help with that, um, but with print on KDP you still have to manually push the publish button and it can take up to 72 hours to go live so I do that in plenty of time so that print readers can buy as soon as ebook readers can as well so yeah I'll have the print version up for pre-order with Ingram Spark and then accept that with Amazon it might be available a bit before the ebook but chances are no one's going to buy it until I tell them to go buy it so it's not really a problem
0: <laughs> You're lucky they go buy it then. <laughs> I tell people to buy my book and they still don't.
2: I know, if only it were that easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so
0: my my system for fi- all the final bits is I I'm, I'm quite fast at formatting now. There's always a lot of cake. Involved, but I can pretty much do all of the formats in probably two days. Like print will take maybe a whole day, um, ebook in like half a day. Um, but that it involves a lot of cake. There's usually crying. There's usually panic messages to Julia about um, headers and page but then you won't let me help
2: you then I won't let her help me and and I figure
0: it out myself. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and um yeah so there's always tears during formatting I just accept (laughs) that but there's also lots of cake so you know highs and lows um yeah I I tend to get my cover done as early as possible um sometimes before I even start writing the book I'm very lucky that my husband is my cover designer now um I made him go on a cover design course (laughs) did he really (laughs) well to be to be fair he was quite keen to do it um (laughs) but yeah he he did he has done a fantastic cover design course he is I know I'm biased he's my husband but he is absolutely amazing at cover design and um But the handy thing is that because I've got my cover designer in the house with me, I can make as many changes as I want. He gets really annoyed. Um, And I can ask for things like, can you give me the cover without any of the text on it? Can you give me an image of the title text so that I can put it in the um, on the title page of my paperback? Things like that, so he can do extra bits for me. So yeah, the ebook cover I usually have done right near the beginning of the project, pretty much as soon as I know what the title is going to be. Sometimes that changes as well. (laughs) He loves it. Um, And then when I've as soon as I've formatted the paperback, and yes, again I know the spine width. He'll do the paperback cover for me. Um, I like to get the paperback released a few days before the ebook is released so that i can get um, reviews up on the yeah. paperback which mirrors over to the ebook copy which is i like that um, yeah. I do really low-key releases really low-key um which sounds like a strategy it's just laziness so <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's a strategy maybe it is um but uh, yeah i do i do i do very very low key releases um i you know promotions whatever you know <laughs> chasing up reviews whatever <laughs> um yeah it is it is a blooming nightmare all the places you have to upload to and i don't even do them all separately so i do kdp separately um, Draft Digital Kobo I do separate but I don't do Apple separately I do have a Google Books account and I'm really bad at uploading to it there's only about like three of my books uploaded to it whoops um Payhip so that people can buy direct from me and uh therefore it has to be on BookFunnel as well because Payhip funnels into BookFunnel um And by the time I've done all that, I'm too exhausted to bother with (laughs) much launch stuff. Um, So I just kind of let it quietly launch and then go, see, no one ever buys my books. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder why. (laughs) Yeah, maybe one day I'll be better at launches. And actually, I've just I've just had a launch book, a, a book all about how to do a good launch uh recommended to me which I've just ordered on Amazon so I'm I'm planning to make my second edition of 30 days of world building a good release I'm planning to do a good launch but we'll
2: see I'll probably get too lazy and go whatever (laughs) I think I need to read that book as well launching is well obviously I've only done it twice but Yeah, it's just. I think because it's such a massive effort to get a book written and edited and formatted and published and all of that, by the time that's all done, you're just exhausted. Yeah, you're like, you know what? I'm just, I'm sick of looking at this book. Yeah, (laughs) I don't want to talk about it. Just buy it and Uh, make it all worth it. I totally hear
0: you. I'll tell you what that book is. I'm just, I'm, I'm just looking it up on my um Amazon orders. So it. The book is called Help My Launch Plan Sucks. Um <laughs> by Mal and Jill Cooper. Um yeah, i so I've
2: ordered it. I ordered it straight away. We'll That's put that in the, on Sunday. So we'll put that in the show notes, then I'll, I'll yeah. order it too. It sounds like something I need, but, I definitely um, need it. <laughs> I think I think formatting is my favorite part. And obviously I would say that because I'm a formatter. <laughs> well, you know, but <laughs> I just, I love the feeling of seeing your words that you've spent, you've put so much effort and love into just turn into a beautiful book. And yeah. I love doing that for other people. That's why mm-hmm. I do what I do because um, you see so many people, you know, get, see their book in print for the first time. And it's like, ah, oh, such an emotional thing. Like, oh my God, it's an actual book now. Um, and I like making it look special and different and amazing. Um, although, it, I mean, obviously I can format very quickly now because I've done it so many times. <laughs> um, and I still come across issues that sometimes make me want to throw my computer out the window. But that's that's technology for you and that's life. Um, so, yeah, I can format pretty quickly and beautifully, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, after that point, it's it all goes a bit downhill for me in terms of releases. And you know, I'll put some stuff on social media, obviously, but I don't make a big hoo-ha out of it. Um, I think, and and it may sound like an excuse, but it's. Fo- I have always focused on the long game. Like yeah, um, yeah, release day is good and it can bring you in sales, but actually it's not the be all and end all yeah it's just one day yeah Yeah, your book has a long life ahead of it and there are going to be ways to boost it in the future and for me because i knew obviously you know this this is the first writing i've ever done and i knew it was going to be a trilogy it's like i i know that there are loads of people out there who will not read a book if the series is not complete Mm -hmm. um and, and so I kind of thought, let me just get these three books done and then I can start really promoting them. And yeah. then I'll write my next book and hopefully people will move on to that or they'll find my next book and go, oh, I wonder if Julia Scott's written anything else and then find my trilogy. So um,
1: yeah. that's kind of my plan. Um, yeah. That was very much my approach with my first series. I knew it was going to be four books and everyone... That I spoke to about it who was further along the journey than me said don't bother promoting it yet and you know wait till you've got at least three books out so that was very much my strategy um, in the beginning and I think as well when you're fairly new and you're learning don't just don't worry about the launch like just one thing at a time you know learn how to write a good book first because you won't do that the first time most people won't yep. Julia did somehow um <laughs> <laughs> oh, most people um, need to, need to try it a few times, and so yeah, just um, yeah, add layers. And, yeah, you know,
2: this is also why I decided to go into Kindle Select, where my books were in Kindle Unlimited. I almost forgot what it was called then. Uh, Kindle Unlimited, um, and it it was my reason for doing that. Mostly was because I knew it would be easier to launch because all I had to do was go on Amazon. Get my paperback on, um, and get the ebook on, and that was kind of ooh, that was kind of done for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, me and Ingram Spark don't get on, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> my books aren't on Ingram Spark right now because they make me angry. But um, <laughs> but just keep it simple, like especially if it's your first book that you're publishing, keep yeah. it simple. That's what I did. Just get get a paperback on Amazon, get an ebook on Amazon, put it in Kindle Unlimited. It has to be um it's a 90 day uh contract that you're set to and ultimately if you hate it after 90 days at least then that's given you some time to get the formats and get for for other um distributors done. Um but that that was my tactic at least.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah it's um it's kind of like a, a motto of mine keep keep it simple stupid and I I have to repeat that to myself like probably several times a day (laughs) because I'm an overthinker on everything so I'm constantly reminding myself keep it simple stupid (laughs) (laughs) I I always give that as advice to people
1: (laughs) it's good advice
0: yeah it is good advice um so I think that wraps up our main topic. Is there anything
2: that anyone else wants to add quickly at the end? I had, I had something in my head, but it's gone. <laughs> they just hate it when that happens.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I always have that effect on people.
2: <laughs> oh, no, it's gone. It's fine. They make their brain die. Um, it is pretty late, to be fair. It is. <laughs> it's been a so long day. I,
0: I have a very silly would you rather question. For you tonight. So, would you rather begin every sentence you say with, hey, idiot, or end every sentence with, haha, I was just kidding?
2: (laughs) 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 I think. I think the second one, haha, I was just kidding. Oh, I haven't asked a question. I haven't like tried to clarify something. It's obviously a really good would you rather. (laughs) It was obviously a
0: very, it was a very clear would you rather question. Oh, just because
2: I wouldn't want to like constantly offend people, like by calling them idiot. um, I think it would get you into a lot of trouble. Yeah if, you think, just...
0: yeah, if you think about the kind of people you have to talk to, sometimes.
2: Yeah, but <laughs> haha, I'm just joking. People just think you're stupid. And I'm, like, I'm, I'm, better with, <laughs> I'm better with that. That's fine.
1: I don't know. Though, if you're having quite a serious conversation about something important, and you finish every sentence with ah, just kidding. Like you know, say you're in mm-hmm. a job interview or something, and you're like, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, okay,
2: okay. <laughs> yeah, but they're not going to hire you if if you call them idiot, are they? <laughs> no, that's
1: true. Like, uh It's really hard. You're
2: screwed either way, essentially. Yeah, it's it's a hard one.
0: When I was thinking about this, I instantly, surprise, surprise, my mind went to standing in a coffee shop trying to order coffee. And I was like, there's no way that I can order coffee if I say, haha, I was just kidding (laughs) at the end of it, because I'll never, only, I will never get coffee. So (laughs) for that reason, I would rather have to say hey idiot at the beginning of every sentence because I could always, uh, I was only kidding after every time I say hey idiot. Yeah. I, so I can backtrack the hey idiot, but it's kind of harder to backtrack the haha. I was just kidding when your next sentence ends with it again. Yeah. I I, I just like, I can imagine myself just standing in Costa just crying <laughs> repeatedly saying how, how I was just saying.
2: the thing with these would you rathers is it's not fair that you get more time to think them through <laughs> so when you so when you explain your reasoning for why you picked that I'm like oh yeah that makes total sense I want to change my mind and I look like the idiot so hey idiot. That's uh me.
0: we maybe we should
2: rotate then it is just it's it, it's sort just
0: tradition. Like, tradition that I that I asked would you write the question but if you if
2: you would like to take I think you know what Angeline I think you need to be put through some of this pressure and some of this trauma because I think it's time
0: you're yeah. taking over right.
2: would
0: you rather <laughs> yeah alright then idiot <laughs> I was just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And just a reminder of our question of the week, which parts of the publishing process are your most and least favourite and why?
1: And remember that if you want to hear all the backstage stuff and get all of the other benefits, you can join us over at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable
2: authors. Don't forget to share the podcast online and tag us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Unstoppable Authors.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Unstoppable Authors podcast. We'll be back next week with more of our tenacity and worldly wisdom. Don't forget to visit our website to get the show
2: notes and heaps of helpful blog articles at unstoppableauthors.com. And join our Guild of Unstoppable Authors and you will not only hear from us every week, but you will
1: also get a free digital copy of my book, 30 Days of Worldbuilding. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe and leave a review.